Welcome everyone to the L7C podcast NBA edition. Today we are at the half, we're a little over now, the halfway point of the NBA season. So we're going to be talking about some midseason stuff. We're going to be talking about the Cavs. We're going to talk about LeBron breaking the all-time record. We're going to talk about load management. And we are going to be talking about this crazy situation with Kyrie Irving as we have breaking news on the subject. But first, we have the NBA aficionado, Mr. Evan Debo. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, Martin. It has been a, as always, it's a, it's a, it's a treat to watch the sport. It's, um, it's an ongoing soap opera. And as you, uh, you teased amongst a, a number of topics that we're going to chat about today, um, we have breaking news right at the start of this podcast. Um, so uh, for listeners, um, last week uh, or two weeks back, Kyrie Irving's camp wait, put wait, out. Before, um, before you go into that, Evan, just real quick. Yes. Is this your first podcast of 2023? This is the first podcast of 2023. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Always have to make sure I say that for everyone's first one of yeah. 2023, but continue on. First one of 2023, and um, yet for the third, fourth, fifth, sixth consecutive year, something like that, we have Kyrie Irving drama. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving's camp put out a statement. He's his contract's expiring, um, and uh, you know, balls in uh, Brooklyn Nets court to work on a deal. Apparently, he didn't like the deal that was offered, with a lot of contingencies tied to it, to them winning a um, a championship. While and this is all going on, while the the Nets have been staying afloat, Kyrie's been balling out with uh, Kevin Durant injured. Um, fast forward to last week, and uh, he requests a trade, Martin. And uh, in short order, ahead of the trade deadline uh, on Thursday, they sat him out last night um, for a quote-unquote sore ankle. We'll get into rest management here in a second. Um, but as we yeah start this podcast, breaking news, um, Kyrie Irving has been traded to the Dallas Mavericks. Martin in the deal, um, the Mavericks are sending Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, 2027 first round pick in a series of um or sorry a 2029 first round pick to the net and a uh, couple second round picks my first reaction is that's a i mean it'll be it's good for luca for the next four months but what did what did dallas give up for a guy that probably who knows what we don't know with Kyrie. Is he going to say something to get suspended again? Is he just going to sign with another team in free agency here um, in uh, three or four months? So, and then you gave up all these assets. Um, Brooklyn does seem to get, you know, some capable um, wing players around KD, you know, again, for it's, you know, somebody who's really forced the issue and Kyrie Martin, what are, what are your thoughts? So 2029 going to, Brooklyn, um, obviously they recouped some of the picks back. They gave up for Harden and trades um, and um, you name it and some other assets, uh, Beasley. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? Like you already eloquently, eloquently stated at the beginning of this podcast, this L7C podcast has little been over, will be going into its third year now, like third year, fourth season. And on our NBA side, every year, we've talked about Kyrie Irving, like every year. And not from the sense of, oh, he's a fantastic basketball player, 
but it's always something with this guy. So when you, because you were actually the one who broke the news in our group chat about Kyrie demanding a trade, I had to do a double take because I was like, this just makes no sense. Like you said earlier, he's been balling. And the Mavericks, I didn't see them on the list. Obviously, people thought about the Lakers, and you and I have said on previous podcasts, that wasn't going to happen. The Lakers have no money and no trade assets. And then people talked about the Clippers and all that, and now we have the Mavericks. Me personally, like you said, for the short term, yeah, four four months but then you the mavericks will probably lose in the second round and then he'll leave so was it i don't think it's going to be worth it as unless he i like concept i like conceptualizing a little bit further martin um so let's turn four months into 120 days mm-hmm. uh 120 days and you give up dinwiddie dorian finney smith a first round pick and two seconds that you still could have 121 days from now was it worth it no the only way it's worth it is if you win a championship and they're not going if they to. Win a, yeah, if, if they win a championship, correct. Um, but I, I I mean, it absolutely raises the ceiling of the Dallas Mavericks right now for the next 120 days. Um, but how, how far, far they Evan, go? Yeah, like how far did the ceiling truly get raised? No, it absolutely got raised. I mean, Kyrie's averaging 25, 5 and 5. Um, I'm not quite sure what the parameters are when you you're named an all-star in one conference and you change teams. Although with this new thing, it kind of doesn't matter because you're doing uh, like a pick them backyard pickup game kind of thing um, for all-star. So I, I'm not sure how that works if he gets replaced or not um, on the East side or if Kyrie absorbs what is also a breaking injury today is Steph's going to be out for two weeks or so. But I mean, if you're, you're looking at the West right now, you know, Phoenix has been sputtering. You're supposed to get Devin Booker back soon. Um, you know, the Warriors, you know, are, are sitting there, I think at the seventh seed, mm-hmm. uh, less than Warrior season for sure. You're losing Steph for the next two weeks. Um, you know, outside of, outside of Denver and yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, outside of Denver really, and, you know, New Orleans, it's starting to get healthy again. Um, Memphis, um, yeah, I mean, I I still think that's enough wide open where you could have some crazy Luca Kyrie games, and you know, again, I, they need to probably do another move or two or be players in the buyout market because I mean, they just really have no assets around them. Tim Hardaway's going to shoot three for fourteen every game. It seems like that's not going to get it done around them. But yeah, I mean, it raises their ceiling for the next 120 days. Will they become the fourth team to get burned by Kyrie in 121 days? I think time has shown that they will. Yeah, because if you look at the West right now, like number one's the Nuggets, number two's the Grizzlies, number three's the Kings, number four's the Clippers, five Phoenix, uh, six Dallas, seven Warriors, eight Timberwolves, Jazz, nine Pelicans, ten. And then you have the Blazers right outside of the uh, Pelicans. And you have... Yeah, Blazers, Thunder, Lakers, who all can still make the play in, but it's just looking yeah. like oh, it's just for the pieces they gave up. Obviously, we're going to have to see it. We've seen so many NBA trades where a star goes somewhere that it just doesn't work because of play style. Because I wonder how that is going to be now with Kyrie and Luka, both 
on the top of the key. Both aren't known for their defensive prowess. And in the playoffs, you're going to need some defense. So that's what I'm just thinking for a fact. Like, is Kawhi, is, is uh, Kyrie going to be guarding Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs? It's going to be, yeah. I mean, there's going to be very little defense. Um, it's, it, I honestly, I see a lot of similarities between Brooklyn ball and Dallas ball now where you, I mean, you move Kyrie over that, you know, it's ISO heavy, um, but these are guys that are going to torch their one-on-one matchup that, you know, again, it's, they're going to struggle when it's one of the two on the floor and four scrubs essentially around them. But I mean, we've seen crazy things happen, but um, we'll see if they're going to be holding the bag in 121 days and be the next Kyrie victim. He is, he is just an absolute enigma. I mean, I got to tell you, let's, let's talk about the inverses. Um, you know, when the Cavs acquired Donovan Mitchell, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the rumored Knicks that didn't get him. Let's talk about the LA Lakers. I mean, I, I really thought he was going to go to one of the two LA teams. I mean, I think Woj was tweeting last night, the Clippers were in, were in pursuits, added their name to the the list of folks. Um, you know, again, I, the Lakers are still holding on to those picks. LeBron is not getting any younger and they need assistance. I mean, Anthony Davis has been balling out when he plays, but again, he has missed a gajillion games and it will continue to, he cannot hold up. Um, I thought, you know, I don't know what Kyrie would have been worth in terms of if you're getting up one of those picks or not. Comparatively, I mean, the assets Brooklyn got in this trade were probably about as good as you're going to get for sure. I mean, I, I don't see, unless you're the Lakers trying to throw two picks together, but I absolutely wouldn't have done that. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So I, I think the Lakers are definitely losers in this for not getting it done somehow or incorporating a third team, but um it, we'll we'll see, Martin. It's this is a it's an interesting trade for Dallas and one I think Dallas had to make. Agreed. Just really out of nowhere because I didn't think they'd be the ones to get him. But we'll see. We'll see when both are on the court. Or Brooklyn. Yeah. Can you imagine that, being a Brooklyn Nets fan? Can you imagine being Kevin Kevin Durant? Like this is your supposed best. I, this is what Kyrie too. I get it. Multi-millionaire, super successful. I'm just a normal person. But if I call someone my best friend, I'm not just going to leave them out to dry like he did Kevin Durant. It's just, I mean, I, I think they, some of the stuff with philosophical differences with Kyrie, whatever. Um, but again, Kyrie was not in a position with the vaccine stuff, with the, the incense, stuff that run hard, ran hard and out of the building, the, um, you know, the anti-Semitic stuff, the doubling down on it, the suspension this year. I mean, it, he is not reliable in the least. He's a, if, don't get me wrong, if you're in the NBA finals, I think Kyrie can put it together for set for however many games you need, four to seven. And that's a, that's a guy I want on my team that's going to win the uh, finals. But he don't count on him to get you anywhere near that. It, and again, I just it's amazing to me. You know, I'm thinking back what four or five years ago he and Kevin Durant handpicked the situation of Brooklyn. Yes. Um, yes. They bring in they bring in you know Steve Nash, um, ran him out of the building. Um, you know they they 
lobby to get James Harden. You're left with Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons after the dust settles. Um, you have tons of tons of tons of picks gone in that process. You do get, I mean, you've got Spencer Dimwitty back, who's, I mean, a, a, a capable average point guard. Um, but, you know, not to the ceiling of what this team was supposed to be. Um, it's just, yeah, I feel bad. I feel bad for Brooklyn and all this. Um, you know, this is, this is the epitome of the worst parts of player empowerment, this whole thing. They literally are just playing 2K on a couch and they have soiled this franchise for years. Yeah. And there's not well, to, to see where Kevin goes from here. Yeah. I was going to say, and Kevin Durant's supposed to be coming, like he's going to come back to Spencer, even though Nick, Nick uh, Claxton, he's, he's improved a lot this year. I really like Nick Claxton. Huge strides. But we'll, and interesting, Kevin's the only one who re-ups. They all three were offered extensions, and he's the only one who re-ups to stay in Brooklyn. Yeah. So, staying with his thing in Brooklyn too, because if you go to the All Star starters, like you already said, like in the East, it's him and Kyrie were both named starters. Giannis captain, uh, Cleveland's own Donovan Mitchell, and then Jason Tatum. And then you go to the West, Luca, Steph, LeBron, Captain, uh, Jokic, and Zion. Before we get to the the reserves, Evan, there is any time we get these starting fives and all that stuff, it's always people saying this person should have been voted in this person. I do want to say for the people who don't know, three three uh, voting groups determine the starters. So fans are 50%, NBA players 25%, and media panel 25%. And in the description on this episode, I'll put the link so you guys can see who voted for who and all that stuff. But in terms of popularity, no one's ever going to beat LeBron and all that stuff. But some of the big snubs, Evan, Joel Embiid, who is the at that point, I was the second leading scorer, two-time MVP runner-up. He's not starting. When you saw that, what did you think? I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, it just shows how competitive things are in the in the front court in the East. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw two Sundays ago, Joel just absolutely torch Nikola Jokic at home, mm-hmm. um, and which is just, I mean, it was a, such a great. Not, to, I mean. Uh, Jokic, you know, had a had a good game, but I mean, I mean, it wasn't. I think it was forty four and eighteen or something. I mean, Embiid yeah. just from the get go was all gas. Like he is an absolute monster. You know, I, it's that's the part for me that again, I just don't trust the fans' perspective. Is a lot of them are voting on popularity and names, and um, you know, the the tip of the cap when it comes to fan voting typically airs on the side of your you know, you're scoring dominant wings with the flashy dunks and transition dunks and um, the step back threes. And I mean, a guy like Embiid, I think suffers a little bit from an optics perspective there. Um, Obviously he's in, uh, you know, the, the all-star game here, but you know, that was one glaring omission from a starting lineup. But I mean, I get it. This conversation for me always goes to, you know, such and such was missed out of, or was left out of the starting lineup or was left out of the team in general, who are you pulling to replace? That's, that's always a, that's the big question. Part. Mm-hmm. I mean, with Tatum, um, with Durant, 
who was the um, who was the the third front court? Giannis starter. Giannis, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's so you're splitting hairs, especially in a year like this year. I don't, I can't recall four front court players that equally were deserving. I mean, somebody had to be left out, and I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Tatum's the best player on the best team in basketball right now. Giannis is. I, I'm not taking Giannis off. That guy arguably is the best player in the NBA. I think um, across the board, offensively, defensively, you name it. Um, and you know, Kevin Durant, you could probably make an argument now if you're trying to find it with you know him missing some games and stuff. But I mean, Kevin had a stretch there that was just insane. It's just so tough. Yeah. No, I agree because. I think that's one of those things that where if you're going to have the conversation like this person got snubbed and all this stuff is like, okay, well then just tell us who you would take out. And then if you can't give an answer, then there's nothing you can do. Obviously he made the reserves and all of this, obviously down the line though, it makes it's more implications. Cause as you know, like the all NBA first, second and third team, those are tied to some people's contracts. Like you yep. get bonuses and all that. And if you miss one of those teams, you list out on that bonus. I remember that happened to Clay one year. So those ones are definitely, it's more severe and it's definitely hard. It is hard. Um, there's so much tied to it. Again, I, I, I trust the coaches. I trust the media, I think a little bit more, but um, than the fans do. But um, I, I think I had more questions about, one of the starters for the West Martin. Um, and that Zion. was Zion Williamson. Yep. Yeah. What were your thoughts? I, I don't, I personally don't think he should be starting. I understand that is more probably fan and media and all that stuff, but he hasn't played. I feel like he hasn't played in months. It feels should, like it. And he's starting, which means someone else is just going to fill that spot and have him there to wave his hand. But he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be starting. That's just me. I started. I, I'd have started. I think Markkanen or Sabonis deserved it. Yes. And One, I'd say Sabonis probably. One hundred percent agree. And all those people, because I'm not gonna lie, man. In terms of having a better year, and I know popularity and all that stuff. And I'm not saying this person's better than this person, but right now having a better year. There's not that many point guards having a better year than SGA from Oklahoma City. Phenomenal. I mean, he just, yeah. I mean, it's amazing to me. So, I mean, their their top pick doesn't even get to play. Mm-hmm. Um, hurts his foot in the preseason, mm-hmm. and I mean, they're they're looking into the play in right now. I mean, and they're primed to be in the. The Wimbledon sweepstakes too. I mean, this team is on the the up and up, and it's all because of um, Mr. Gilgis Alexander. Yeah, gotta definitely give a shout out to him, as that is the captain Byron Mitchell's uh, team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. But he did make the reserves on the West, along with Paul George, Damian, Larmarkin, and your boy John Morant. It's a bonus. Uh, one that people have their eye on, Jaron Jackson Jr. Some people feel like he shouldn't be a reserve. What are your thoughts on him? Um, he's he's missed a decent amount of uh, time. I mean, he's he's having a heck of a defensive season. Yes. I mean, it is it is absolutely impressive. There's that Reddit thread going around that was even questioning 
hey, I think somebody's juice. These just the home and away splits are so bad. I think somebody's juicing the stats at home Grizzlies games. And mm-hmm. I mean, they took them out of Vegas, took them out of a a vote for a couple of days um, that you could you could bet on him for. The league put out a statement saying we review all footage and stats attributed, and we make adjustments afterwards, and everything has been earned. So I mean, that just shows where he's been there. But that was an absolute surprise. You know, I think. A couple others for me, um, looking at the East beyond him, um, Tyrese Halliburton absolutely deserved it. First time starter. I mean, they were like one in 10 with him out on that recent 11 game stretch. He was out. Um, DeMar DeRozan was a surprise for me along with, I'll add in there. I think, I think Julius Randall too. Oh, for the Um, East, for the East. Yeah. For the East. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think in place of Randall, I probably would have done his teammate Jalen Brunson. I mean, Randall's having a good year. Don't get me wrong, but I think Brunson. I mean, I don't think I don't think Randall's the best player on his own team. I think the problem with that is since they have to select the fourteen reserves, they got to go two two guards, three front court players, and two of any position. I feel like since they're in that construct, that does hamper some things. That makes sense. I mean, you can't have heavy guards and stuff, but I mean, I think there's, I think there's going to be an opportunity here for um, some replacement. Um, so obviously we know Steph's likely going to miss. So that opens up a hole in the West East. I don't know if Durant's going to be back or not. So that potentially could be a spot open. Um, you know, even Donovan Mitchell for the Cavs has been dealing with a crazy groin strain he's missed five of the last um 17 um on and off he's tried to come back and he hasn't looked good and uh then obviously compounded by getting hit in the nuts by dylan brooks Uh, that's the conversation so yeah i mean all-star wise yeah they're gonna do the the pick them piece this year martin what are your thoughts on on that um instead of doing a a draft leading up to the game they're going to do it literally right before um are you buying that there's not background or background negotiations happening between the two captains to kind of figure out at least the first couple of picks so who you going to take who am i going to take do you like this new setup well i mean we'll see how it goes i already think there's background stuff happening it's one of those things too where with the all-star game obviously there's a whole bunch of offense not really any defense and from our with us growing up, sure, there was offense and all that stuff. But once it was like the fourth quarter and the game was actually close, they actually took it serious. I think that's been gone for the past couple of years, but I'm not really buying it. They already, I know there's some stuff going on behind the scenes. Martin, there's a number of folks who potentially, if we're going to make the case for snub, um, James Harden. A rebound year for James Harden. Not on this list as of now. 21 points a game, 10.9 assists, leading the league, 6.3 boards. Um, Really rehabbing kind of his, what what our perception is of him after some down years. um, You know, he's still not to the 30-some points a game scorer, and he's not going to be who was, but best pick and roll combo in the league between him and Embiid statistically. Um, that would be a guy that I think if there's an opening somehow on the East, 
would be at the top of the list of, hey, deserves to get in. Do you disagree? No, I 100% agree. I thought he was going to get in the first time. I know I've been hard on the guy just because of playoff performances because that's what you're judged on in this league. But he hasn't had a bounce-back season. And him not – he obviously tweeted the disrespect. I thought he should have been a reserve. I agree. Trey Young. Statistically, he's there – you know, I think Atlanta is kind of in a perpetual dumpster fire um, of sorts. You know, there's a lot of discussion of him running out yet another coach in Nate McMillan. It was reported at one point that McMillan was considering resigning mid-year. Trey was, I think, suspended for a game for potentially going home from a practice. McMillan told him, listen, like, you can stay here and practice. You can go home. And he went home. Um it's not working between him and DeJounte kind of like we were thinking it would. I mean, of the two Mitchell and Garland are absolutely the better combo. The, the new acquisition all-star you get in, you know, working out, but um, you know, numbers wise, he's 27 and nine. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of hollow. It feels like it's hollow numbers, but I mean, those, that's nothing to me that. No, it's not. I, they're both, it, it just, it wasn't a good fit. Well, it's still not a good fit. Obviously, they could turn it around in some way, but it's not a good fit. It's not working. Not working the way they would want to work, because I'm assuming um, Atlanta, really quickly, Atlanta would not want to be, when they made that trade, they're literally 27 and 27. Just listen to this crazy stuff. 27 and 27. 17 and 17 in the Eastern Conference, 13, 13 and 11 at home, 14, 16 on the road, five and five their past 10 games. They're literally just st- almost a straight 500 team. And when you make that move, you that's not what you want to be. No, it's not. I mean, that's an all-in move as it gets. You know, obviously they're still trying to year 17,000, it seems trying to find a new home for John Collins. They value him a certain rate. There's been some discussion of some kind of package around him and Jay Crowder, who's been sitting out um, ahead of the deadline next week. Um, There's a lot of moving parts. Martin, I've been trying to find the stat while we've been talking. Mm -hmm. Actually, I have. So let's go back to Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. All-star. 945 minutes played. Let's not talk a game. Let's talk about minutes. Mm-hmm. 945 minutes played. Jaron Jackson Jr. is an all-star. 933 minutes played um, for this next guy who is averaging 27 points a game, 12 boards, and two and a half assists. Is that Anthony, Anthony Davis? Davis? That is Anthony Davis. So, I mean, I think, too, we think too often of how many games they've missed and everything else. I mean, if you quantify it by actual minutes played, check-in table, you're on the floor, you're competing. I mean, Anthony Davis is blowing him out of the water with 12 last minutes played. That's true. So that, I mean, if there's another injury, potentially, I mean, obviously Anthony's back, he's playing more games. Um, we'll see. That could be another replacement. Anybody else we haven't covered on the the snub snub piece? Um, or uh, hey, I think there's a competition there. 
I'd be remiss to talk about another home home state, uh, Darius Garland. Yep. I would love to see Darius Garland in this game. Um, and I mean, he has had, so you add Donovan Mitchell and he is, it's marginal, but he's averaging more points per game now. Um, he's up over eight assists. He's, I think he's at 22 and yeah, 22 and eight. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's tough because I know once the vacancy happens on the East, they're going to go hard ne- next. And then you're talking Trey at 27 and nine and Darius at 22 and eight. It just, again, it's, it's kind of that front court conversation with the starters. Like who do you go with and who values what and where, you know, there were some discussions about, you know, Drew Holiday. Um, it's been like, I think they said, what has it been, eight years between starts in the All-Star game or uh, name being named for the All-Star game? Something crazy. Um, that's another guy that, I mean, I probably would have put Harden in, honestly, over Drew. Not Obviously, Drew brings a different thing defensively, but I'd love to see Garland somehow making this game, but I just – I barring injuries if we don't wish injuries upon people i don't think it's going to happen but a heck of a season yeah but we have with him obviously we got more things that we want the calves to get to so we will see on that all-star weekend is coming up it is the sixth what is that game uh sunday february 19th so president's day weekend so you'll have all the stuff, skills, competition, all that jazz that weekend. It is in Utah this year. So 7.30 TNT, uh, February 19th. So Evan, our last podcast we did, we talked a little bit about that situation in Brooklyn, where I think it was the game in Indiana, where they just, they sat eight of their players and... We really harped on the fact that for normal people, especially in December, that's that's a kid's Christmas present. And that's a normal medium wage family saving up hundreds and hundreds of dollars for all that stuff to see their favorite player one time and then they don't show. And we tore that one to pieces, that podcast. It has gotten worse with load management because now everyone has a take on this problem of people sitting out and all of that jazz. Obviously the one that made worldwide news was the kid from Argentina who had the sign saying, I flew 4,000, whatever, something miles to see Jimmy Butler. And he was not playing in that game. I actually believe it was Jamal Crawford who was working, who works at TNT now. One of my favorite players ever, by the way, he texted Jimmy about it and all that stuff. Jimmy the next day, Again, shouting out Jimmy Butler because all around good dude, good human being. He brought the kid to the Heat facility, gave him a tour, took a picture with his family and all that stuff, and then got him seats for the next game. That's Jimmy Butler because that's Jimmy Butler. He is a really good dude. That's not everyone else in the NBA. Some of the other people in the NBA don't give it, don't give a crap. And it's really gotten to the point where it's a national story and a problem. Uh, Stan Van Gundy, who I respect his basketball knowledge immensely, he's like, it doesn't make sense that athletes are better now, medicine's better now, treatment's better now, and 
we have players missing more games than people did back then. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Richard Jefferson, which this is obviously world champion Richard Jefferson with the Cleveland An Cavaliers. Story. Yeah, his amazing story about his because he talked about it. his dad and his people, his family, they worked normal people jobs. So they saved the money, all that stuff. And then when he was playing against uh, David Robinson in the finals, he told him how he was his favorite player and he played that game and what it meant for him to play that game. Vanessa Bryant, obviously, also three-year anniversary of Kobe's passing, talked about when she would talk to her husband about playing her. He's like, what about all those people who worked really hard to save up tickets to come see me play? But it's a problem now, Evan. It's a real, it's a real, real problem because it's affecting the product and the fans' interest in the product from going to the games. Because why would you want to go to a game if randomly the people you want to see don't play and you don't get a refund? We don't. You know, Richard Richard Jefferson's story hit struck a chord with me too. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, he so a couple other details in there and a great, great coverage on all those pieces. I mean, those are, those are the anecdotal heartstring pieces of why it's so important financially, why it's so important, how it affects, um, you know, the, the play on the court in terms of expectations, wins and losses, all those types of things that um, we have a serious problem in this league with, with this, but, you know, Richard on Richard's note, he wanted to go see David Robinson play his, his, his family, could only afford for Richard to go play. Yes. Richard or go watch David Robinson play. So his dad dropped them off, went and watched the game at a bar and then came and picked them up. Could not afford to to bring in the rest of the fam. Like, and shout out to his parents. Cause that's, play. that's real yeah. parents. Shout yeah. out to them. Absolutely. Um, it just, again, that's, those are the, the stories that add up the Jimmy Butler piece too. I mean, I can't imagine flying, you know, all the way around the world, to see or you know how halfway through the globe to uh to go see a player play i will say on that note though if i'm gonna be a little negative here if you're if you've got the extra bag to be flying from another country all the way in comfortably and it's not hurting you financially and everything else to go get near lower bowl seats to see your player play like uh i have a different feel for you other than you know somebody really struggling who's you know uh, with you know some kind of um working two three jobs you know that kind of situation like well I, and that from I that got, sense for the child though the child's not the one working oh yeah child's independent to all that piece but still yeah. i mean it, the, the matters rings home still that there's there's issues here with this low management stuff martin i don't want to bring it up but because it was such a bad result but the golden state warriors played the boston celtics um in a uh, a shootout national um, televised first game of the back-to-back and then went to go play the cleveland cavaliers afterwards mm-hmm. who didn't have donovan mitchell for one of those one of those five of the 17 games i was talking about earlier and they decided that all four of their big horses draymond clay um steph and um uh, andrew wiggins were gonna sit out um, they dogged the Cavs that night really, really, really bad. It, that was an, one of the more embarrassing losses by a, a Cavs team that usually is competitive, even down players. That was bad. But um, I personally know of a former co-worker's family who um, wanted to go see Steph play. 
drove mm-hmm. up here from Circleville um, up to Cleveland and did not get to see not one all-star, not two all-stars. Didn't get to see three of Golden State's all-stars play the Cavs that night. No, no. The owners have leverage heading into the next round of negotiations with the CBA here. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how it's tied in contractually or something else. But, I mean, you lose revenue. People dump tickets. You know, it, again, like, if they, when, the, when those schedules are released, I remember looking at that Cavs game I had the um, – I got, uh, it was against Indiana, so it was a lower price, but I, I was, yeah, three rows off the, off the floor. Um, that same ticket was four times that cost for that one seat for Golden State looking ahead. And imagine if somebody had paid that, somebody did pay that, expecting to see certain players play, and you get to see Jordan Poole and a couple of the bench dudes roll up like that hurts that hurts the league and that hurts the bottom dollar for the fans the owners can absorb the hit but it hurts it for the fans yeah i also want to say too about that warrior situation this is and this thing that really just pisses people off about it is yeah they played boston that game went to overtime boston beat them by three the next day was Cleveland, and they all sit out because of all of these mysterious injuries. But then two days later, on the 22nd, they're all playing again, randomly healed. Was that against, was that against Detroit? The Nets. Oh, Nets, yeah. It's funny how that works. You just list whatever down, you go, oh, yeah, it's been lingering, and like, the league doesn't do anything about it. Because I wanted to read this to you, I don't too. Know if this, I don't know if this is a committee that looks into things, Martin. I don't know mm-hmm. if this is a... I, again, it's so subjective when the player says whatever. And I mean, again, they'll lie about it. But I mean, at the same point, it's a joke. Everybody knows it's a joke. Yeah, miraculously healed. There's no way. 48 hours off. Yeah. Healed your ligaments, tendons, muscles, like whatever it is. There's no way. That last, this past Saturday during the ESPN uh, showcase game on ABC with the Warriors and Mavericks, they were showing games missed by stars this year. Kawhi's missed 25 games, Devin's 25. missed 25, Anthony Davis 24, Zion 21, Paul George 16, Steph Curry 15, Kevin Durant 10, 12, I'm sorry, Joel Embiid 12, Damian 12. Those are the ones that they listed. Obviously, some of those stuff they were, there were some injuries and all that stuff, but with the Kawhi especially, he's Mr. He was, he's Mr. Load Management in the forefront, but I also, it's also things with the management and all of that coaches and all that stuff say, Oh no, we'll just load manage. Yeah. This, that. And they're suggesting obviously you shorten the season, but even if you shorten the season, there's no guarantee that load management's going to stop. There's not, They'll, it'll continue. So like you said, this bargain agreement is going to be very interesting because if I'm an owner, like I'm an owner of a team, I'm like, yeah, this has got to stop. Like our our money, you're, this is affecting the bottom line. We're not the team. Some of the most of the teams are doing this aren't even the ones who win the championship. Like the Clippers have done this for like four years and can't even get to the finals. So it's like another so- fan base. I feel another fan base. I feel really bad for Martin. I mean, when they go back to the negotiation table here and they sit across from, you know, the players' association, mm-hmm. all the lawyers, all the hounds. Um, you name it, and they're going back and forth across the table. There's three names here 
that have severely hurt the players cause. Um, and they've lost negotiating ground because of it. Those three players are Kyrie Irving. Yep. Ben Simmons. Yep. And Kawhi Leonard. Yes. 100% agree. Each with their own things about it, but there have to be contingencies built in. There has to be some accountability for, I mean, Kawhi is king load management. He's not a behavior problem. He is king load management. Yep. Kyrie is a behavior problem. Yes. And you have Ben Simmons, you know, who knows what is going on in Ben Simmons' head, but clearly he's not the all-star he once was. Hasn't been the same um, since the Atlanta game. Yeah, his motivations are very um, suspect at best. Um, he will load manage himself at, I mean, just out of whim. I mean, those three players have severely hurt negotiating power for the rest of the league. 100% agree. And yeah, they're, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're having an emergency podcast whenever it happens because there's going to be a lockout. Yeah, I mean, the players might take that route. Is, um, I, you know, again, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of money on the table with these new deals and rights and stuff coming up. I mean, again, it's just the sport keeps growing. The salary caps keep rising. The players are going to get a chunk, but um, just unbelievable where where things could go and um you know i just not sure um what's at the end of the rainbow here for the 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 solution but um they need fix agreed agreed I, it's it's just unfortunate because like we've been watching basketball shoot now you can technically say decades technically you can say decades now and yep. this wasn't a problem until these past like what five years and now it just feels like it's a looming thing over the league and it's one of those things like where the popularity won't get up to where it's supposed to be because it's like oh if I drive to a game and I pay all this money and stuff and my player's not playing I'm never going to want to come there or if I'm watching it on tv I'm devoting time and effort to watch and okay sure if it's not my team if it's my team I'm going to watch but if it's not and the stars aren't playing, unless you're a basketball junkie, you're turning it off. So now you're losing TV revenue. It's like, and I just feel like a lot of the players, besides the Jimmy Butler thing, they they don't care. Like, they've lost that disconnect yeah. from, like, the normal people that they champion on, like, social issues. 13 out of 14 days in a two-week span, baseball players for the most part especially the stars are playing all those games it's not as physical Mm -hmm. um in terms of bumping into other human beings but i mean if you're an outfielder sprinting to the corners every day and catching fly balls and then going to the plate and then running running the base pads as hard as you can i mean that's that's probably about as close as comparison i think as we're going to find in terms of the um, the frequency of plays and games during the week with, you know, some of that piece in, you know, soccer's up there too. Soccer teams maybe play twice a week, but, um, you know, in La Liga and um, Champions League and, you know, those things, but not not to the three, four times a week basketball does. Um, 
and you just don't, I mean, you don't see it. You see some, some lineup changes in baseball here and there, but again, this is just a newfound territory. We got to get past. But I do want to say something more about the basketball thing. Cause as Charles Barkley said, what are we talking about? It's basketball. Anyone who's played, like I played basketball through high school. My youngest brother played all the way to the, some of the highest levels in college. When you're coming up, you were literally playing like five games a week. Nothing's wrong. Like you're, you're playing five, five days a week. There are some tournaments where you play three games Saturday, three games Sunday, back to back to back. And this is a high school college, and you're perfectly fine. But then now in the NBA, it's like, oh, I can't do this, can't do that. And I'm just thinking of like, I always relate it to normal people. You have construction workers who are doing a lot more physical tasking things for less money than these NBA players in five days a week in the super heat or super cold. They can't have load management days. And they're doing a less glamorous job. It's just one of those things that's like, it's not a good look. And it goes for some people who are like, that's why I don't watch the prima donna NBA because this, that, this, that. And that's not what the NBA is about. It's the best basketball in the world. But the load it's management all, thing is. It's all, it's all about the stars, Martin. Let me, let's be clear about who it is. That is true. Players in this all-star game. It's the players on the fringes of, these, of yes. this all-star game. It's not Jose Alvarado out there grinding every <laughs> every night for for 15, 16 minutes off the bench, you know, to make sure he stays in the rotation and um, throwing his his body to the, the the crowd, driving after that loose ball. You know, it's not the it's not the Kyle Kuzmas, it's not the um, it's not the Jetty Osmonds, it's not um, you know a, a lot of these players that this they know their time is very limited in this league. Um, you know, established all stars get to like hang their hats and, and rest their laurels on, you know, the work they've done. And once they get to that certain tier, yeah, I'm going to take a game off here. I'm going to take a game off here. I'm going to take off a game here. Yeah. And it ain't going what it, what it was last week or yeah, it's a little tight. So I'm fit. Um, those are, that's the group we're talking about. Correct. Correct. There's plenty of other players that, you know, don't get me wrong. If they were that established, if Jose Alvarado was averaging 30 points a game, that dude probably rests too. But we've just set this expectation that if you're at a certain stature scoring-wise, you get certain privileges. And that shouldn't be the case. Agreed. Agreed on that. Uh, Evan, we're in the mid – we're a little over the midseason now. And just a little real quick, who are your midseason – favorites right now mvp defensive player of the year most improved so for me my mvp is joel and b okay um you know i'm a i'm a it's again it's the Jokic conversation again Jokic is averaging uh a, a 25 10 and 10 um mm-hmm. so i i understand what i say when i say it but um you know i think he's he's it's one A and one B again, kind of like how it was last year. Um, but you know, I think the head-to-head matchups matter in that regard. You know, I you know you still have Giannis and Tatum in there too, with probably your your three four potentially. Um, not necessarily in that that order, but um, those are the four I'm looking at. I think for for MVP right now, Defensive Player of the Year, I'm I'm going to go with Jaron Jackson. Um, you know, I I think. I, this has got to be the year. I mean, this is only year two. 
But I think also this has got to be the year for talking about other names too, that Evan Mobley starts to shoot up the list. I mean, it is when he's in the lineup, teams do not go into the paint on him. He can switch. He can, um, he, I mean, he's top five in contested shots. He's just a freak, a Kevin Garnett lengthy freak without all the fire. Um, it's amazing. But I've Jaron Jackson is my defensive MVP. Most improved. Ooh, you might have me there. Um, you know, I think it's, it's tough because he was already established, but I mean, it's Laurie Markinen or Shea Gilgis Alexander. And I think it's splitting, I think it's splitting hairs with Shea because I mean, Shea was probably already averaging what 25 or so a game last year, but I mean, it's just, he's taken it to this new tier scoring almost 32 a game and what he's able to do for his team right now. I mean, I, it's, those are the two names I think for, at the mid-season point I'm going with for, for most improved. Um, Lowry probably, first-time All-Star, probably gets a slight nod now just because of how well-established. Um, and, and most improved generally is the, oh, you're in this basket now. Shea's always been in this basket. It's a, he's, he's you know, you know elevated what he's been able to do, but he was a household name. And Lauren Markinum wasn't. We'd love to have Lauren Markinum on the cast <laughs> again someday down the road. But um, Martin, who are yours? Hmm. Um, MVP, that game against Jokic moved and beat up to like, again, 1A, 1B for me, but I can't knock a dude who is in theory potentially playing better maybe than his past two MVP years, averaging a triple double at this point in stage. Yeah. And his team's the number one team in the Western conference. And Evan, you know how this goes best player on the best team, yada, yada, yada. So that's really hard for me to knock down. Now the Sixers, which in theory they could, if they can get to the number one in the East, I would consider, I would consider Embiid. But again, we're, this is a, it's good to have this type of rivalry because it's and especially with big men. Cause as people are saying, big men were dying and you got these new age, big men who are still dominating, which is great for the league and taller people growing up. So those two uh, Tatum's in consideration because of what Boston is doing, but the past couple weeks, man, I think Giannis can sneak back and win this again. Like if you've been paying attention to what he's been doing, he could, if they get on another run, he might come out of nowhere and win MVP. Cause what he's been doing these past couple of weeks is ridiculous. Wouldn't surprise me. So those would be my four right now. Uh, defensive player. I'm with you on Jaron. I also think Brooke and Nick Claxton can get some love. And like you said, with Evan, uh, most improved right with you. I, it's tough because like you said, with S, uh, GA last year, but like this year, he's like no one, you wouldn't think last year you wouldn't put SGA in your top 12, 10 players in all of the NBA. This year, you can make a case. He, he is playing right now one of the top 10 players in the world. It's tough. But then marketing, I have no one expected this out of him. And I wouldn't be mad either way. But currently, I'm going SGA. So, Byron, I was, I was, when you're editing this, remember, I went SGA, just saying. Um, but then 
who did did we have six man of the year did we say six man uh we we did not say that no i mean i don't know like there's westbrook pool brogdon norman powell i mean i feel i feel like it's a star thing i I feel i think russell westbrook yeah i think westbrook i think westbrook as well i can't believe we're saying that uh he's gonna be man now i'm trying to think of my basketball history I think he is going to be the very few, if not the only person to ever win MVP and six man of the year. Mm. I have to really think. I know it's not of recent. It's not recent. Yeah, it's not recent. I could see it's something happening like the Bill Walton. Yeah, Bill Walton was the first one that came to mind, but um, when he... Did he win it with the Blazers, and then did he win six-man with the Celtics? Yeah, like that'd be the only person I would have to, I would have to think in. Yep, most valuable player, 78, but did he win? Yep, six-man in 86. Audit, baby! Ah, L7C, we know what we're talking about when it comes to hoops. Yes, we do. Um, So, Evan, besides, so tonight, Cleveland Cavaliers have a game. How are you feeling... I, that Golden State one, obviously, in our group message, that was just – it was terrible. But how, how are you feeling about the Cavs right now midseason? I think we both said around four, three, five seed, 50 wins. That's where we were saying, which they're on pace for that. What are you thinking about the Cavs right now? Um. So they're nine and eight in their last 17. Um, five of those games, they did not have Donovan Mitchell and, and Donovan's banged up. Um, don't get me wrong. I kind of would like him to sit out of the all-star game, if I'm being honest. I mean, he's just not, he's, he's had uh, several, like one for six, three point games, one for yes. seven, three point games, yeah. like in the stretch, like he just doesn't look like himself. I mean, um, this is the first time we've mentioned this on this podcast. I think since the last time we talked, I, I don't recall it being the last one. I mean, the dude dropped 71 in a game this year. No, we did not. We didn't have a chance to talk about that. Nope. He dropped 71 and this wasn't Devin Booker. Hey, the other teams helped me out by fouling over and over. And we're, we're just sucking. Um, like you needed those points. Um, he got us to overtime with the intentional miss put back. It, it, this guy is capable not obviously of that every night or that every five or six years that's a, a once in a career thing but um the guy is a, a bona fide bucket um you know i think of late just with him being out i think part of it is he and garland have gotten back into this your turn my turn thing which has kind of been clunky a little bit offensively um you know i think at this juncture, again, January was a one-one lose-one kind of month. Like, I mean, to to go nine and eight over seventeen, they're sitting there with thirty-two wins, tied with Brooklyn win-wise, but they played two more games than they're behind um, a game in the loss column. Who knows how Brooklyn's going to move forward after this? I mean, they get some pieces back in a lose-lose situation with Kyrie yet again. Um, Kevin Durant will have something to say about where they finish. Um, Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston have been great. You know, I think you and I have been at this long enough to know the injuries are going to play a, a role one way or another. I mean, at this point last year, I think the Cavs were in the all-star break or around the all-star break were the number one seed. And then yes. they just fell way down into the 
into the play in at seven um, because of uh, just debilitating injuries. I don't think that's talked enough, talked about enough at the national level, but you know, Ricky Rubio's come back. He had a really good run in the fourth, um, you know, the other night, uh, I think he had 13 points, two, three assists, hit some threes. I mean, that, that was kind of the injury after um, or the kind of thing that willed us to victory after Mitchell got ejected, he picked up his minutes and um, another great ball handler in there doing great thing, Ricky things that we saw him do last year before the big injury. You know, there's a lot of discussion about what to do with the trade deadline coming up, Martin. Um, you know, the Cavs are obviously, they've, they've gone all in on Donovan Mitchell. I'm not sure how to improve the roster. If, if the Nets are looking to kind of do some kind of fire sale or something, I mean, Royce O'Neal is sitting over there. Um, you know, we don't, we're not giving up first round picks because we don't have them. Um, so if we, obviously we make the playoffs this year, our first goes to Indiana for the Karis LeVert trade. He would be our asset potentially to trade around. And he's so hit or miss, like when he gets the minutes, He's an 18-point-per-game scorer. When he doesn't, he struggles to find his way. He holds on the ball too long, and he's kind of more of a, um, you know, an assist guy in that in that kind of third banana role. Um, so it, it's tough. He's a free agent coming up. Cavs are going to have to decide. I mean, potentially, too, you might lose him in free agency if you don't come to terms. Um, you know, Kevin's contract comes off the books this summer. I'd love to see a three negotiate for uh, – um, you know, a, a hometown, not, I mean, adopted hometown. He's from Lake Oswego, Oregon, but um, guy that you get potentially could get some money freed up to go after somebody, um, you know, like, a, um, a, I think Harrison Barnes is on the market. I don't know if Wiggins is potentially yet, but, um, you know, this, this team is just hurting for that, that six, eight plus wing. Um, we have the song uh, Enigma of, I don't know why Dylan Windler is still on the roster. He is six, eight. He shoots threes. Um, I think he's played like 82 games in five years or four years or something like that. I mean, it's, he's just kind of holding a spot contractually that could be a throwing thing in my eyes until he plays, but he might be inching closer to playing. Um, but I think above all else right now with Ricky back, JB Bickerstaff struggled a little bit, I think more than he has with some of his lineups. I don't know if you're seeing it in the games you're watching, but mm-hmm. there's times where teams just go runs against us he's not yanking the starters out enough and getting in the second wind off the bench um and the bench scoring has been really bad of late i mean kevin's had some intentional dnps in there he's had some thumb injury stuff but he has not been himself um you know aside from ricky and then um a re- resurgence from you know jetty he had a seven for seven three-point game early last week um another huge game off the bench the other night um, there's, we're really hurting for bench scoring in any way, shape or form. So how we get more depth ahead of the trade deadline next Thursday, I don't know. I also don't want to leverage, you know, the farm for a, a win now type thing with as tight as this league is right now. And to hurt us when, Hey, we're talking about 120 days here. Can you wait till free agency renegotiate some contracts with Kevin and, and find a, you know, a, a reliable wing or, you know, again, every, every year you pass Martin, you get the next year's, um, or you get like six years from now, it's first available. So like teams could only trade their 2029 this year. Well, July one, you can trade your 2030. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to be trading five, six, seven years in the future yet. But if you know, you have those, maybe you're more willing to get back into those even years, um, you know, around the CP and roll where you can't trade successive first round picks to be able to leverage and find an asset somewhere. So that's my Cavs take. I like where they're at. They definitely have left some wins on the board. 
for sure, but it is uh, the epitome of quote unquote this league right now in terms of parity, in terms of you know where those top three teams are at the East, and you know we might well have a say for for the fourth seed here, um, depending on where this Brooklyn plane lands uh, yet amidst another disaster. Yeah, I agree. I just there's nothing more I really want to add to it for the fact that. Now, after post-All-Star break, really just got to step it up and hold the course, want to be in the top four, want to have 50 wins and all of that to get into the playoffs and just to be healthy. But we really got to step it up because we don't want something that happened, like you said last year, how we were number one going to the All-Star break, then injuries killed us, and then we're in the play-in. So definitely want to be a top four seed when we're talking playoffs in April. Now, the last thing, and we're already going to say he broke the record because by the time you guys listen to this episode, the record would only be broken. Uh, LeBron James breaking the all-time scoring record, which was held by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's going to be present for it because the games that's going to happen is either this one against Oklahoma City on Tuesday or the Milwaukee Bucks on Thursday. He already said he's going to be there. So the records, were, we're saying it future tense. Uh, the record is broken. LeBron James has broken the record. Uh, congratulating him on that. And 20 years of longevity, um, health, elevated top-tier play for all those years and doing it in consistent fashion. And, yeah, I mean, nothing truly else to add from my end. Just congratulations to him. It's a testament to that. And I know hey, that he obviously is going to cherish this record, but also the fact – but it also sucks that his team sucks. So th- he could break this record and then not be in the even the play in this year, which I know is going to upset him. But it's a great thing to achieve, and congratulations to him. Evan? I was 12 years old, just turned 12 years old, um, mm-hmm. when the home state team was in mm-hmm. a position to draft LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into the sport of basketball because of all the hoopla, friends talking at, at school and middle school, all those types of things about this new phenom. You had the chosen one on the front page of Sports Illustrated. You know, you had all the hype and everything else. And, um, you know, LeBron is LeBron has lived up. I mean, you're not going to see you're not going to see somebody with the durability he's had. Um, the amount of time he puts into his body, staying, being able to stay on the court. Yep. Um, you know, there's tons of things you can nitpick with LeBron. Like, I think at times, you know, again, his his shadow looms large because of what he's brought to the game, um, all those types of things. And, um, you know, there's been all these rumors over the years about how much say he's had in front office decisions. Aside from that, he's got four titles. He's got the MVPs. Um, you know, he was going to have the all-time NBA scoring record at the end of this week. Like, at a certain point, these things add up um, into an un- unbelievable um, basketball player to watch play the sport and play it well, um, to to do the points, the rebounds, the assists, you know, to be, you know, is in the top 10 for both those categories is, I mean, you get your stocks in get your paws, um, you know, doing these sits, but they're not scoring it the way LeBron is. And when it's all said and done, um, LeBron's going to have the all-time scoring record. And I hope people around being able to watch because um, 
I think for a lot of people, a lot of quasi basketball fans, a lot of diehard basketball fans like yourselves, you're going to remember where you were watching LeBron break the all-time record. And who knows if our lifetime we're going to see it again. I mean, it's taken 20 years um, for a, a player to come in and, and put in that amount of time to get close to, you know, the 38,000 something points. And, um, you know, at, at some point in his career, he'll put 40, but it, it's just an, an unbelievable run. Unbelievable. Yeah. And so many things have to go right for this to happen. One, there's no slippage. And then I'm sorry, one, there's no serious injuries. He hasn't had any serious injuries. Shoot, he just started really getting injured these past couple of years in LA. So him, like you said, keeping his body up, spending all that money on doctors and all that stuff. And two, you have to be good enough to do it, which he obviously is. So those two things combined because injuries, injuries are a lucky game. You can take care of yourself as much as you can and all of that. And sometimes the wrong step and your career is over and he has not had any of that and him playing at the high level that he's been able to play at for all of these years has been nothing short of amazing. Now I will say from a basketball thing, obviously he came in the right time also I'm not saying he wouldn't score all these points and all this stuff, but as the rules became more offensive friendly, just like in the NFL, it provided the opportunities to score more. It's just what it is. It's the truth. But that's not taking away from what he's been able to do these 20-plus years. And the L7C salutes LeBron James on being the new all-time leading scorer. And with that said... Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to the L7C podcast. Uh, make sure you like, rate, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to. We definitely appreciate all the love you guys have been showing us. And we will be back again talking hoops soon. And hopefully we'll see a couple of games of this Kyrie experiment in Dallas, see how it meshes and all of that. But we'll be back talking hoops because we're getting closer and closer to the NBA playoffs. With that being said, the L7C podcast signing out. Thank you for listening to this episode of the L7C podcast. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all social media platforms, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care.